What would your life look like if you felt confident in your body and in your health habits? We believe that confidence is possible for all people. This is the Free Method Podcast, and I'm your host, Dylan Murphy, registered dietitian and owner of Free Method Nutrition. We are dedicated to empowering women to make peace with food, heal their relationship with their body, and create sustainable health habits. Come hang with us each week as we have conversations that will inspire you to live a life of freedom. Let's dive into today's show. Welcome back to another episode of Free Method Podcast. Today, I am joined by Danny Adams and Summer Ananen for a great conversation on really all things body image. Um, so uh, Summer and Danny, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Hi, thank you for having us. Yes. So I would love if y'all want to start um, and whichever one of y'all wants to go first is fine with me. Um, just introduce yourselves, let our listeners kind of hear a little more about who you are and, you know, even kind of as it pertains to this body image space. I'm, uh, so I'm Summer Inanen. Um, I'm a professionally trained uh, life coach. I have been working in this space exclusively helping uh people to heal their relationship with their body uh for since 2014 so i exclusively work with people around like body image self-worth and and confidence and most of my clients are uh women who were chronic dieters for most of their lives and they're just sort of done with you know with feeling bad in their body and they're looking to um really divest their sense of self-worth from from how they look and um danny and i work collaboratively together we co-created the body image coach certification program so in addition to um helping like people who actually have struggles with body image we also train providers so dietitians coaches therapists personal trainers, any sort of wellness professional, um, how to support their clients with body image through a social justice lens. I love that. And that's so needed what y'all do. I'm sure you hear it. Well, hopefully you hear it all the time. I know, especially I can speak as a dietitian. We don't learn anything about body image in school, in like post-grad training, like nothing. Um, so I love hearing that y'all have created a program that's like, specific for wellness professionals because a lot of times wellness professionals are also the people doing a lot of harm around body image absolutely um i guess it's my turn um hi my name is danny adams also online i'm known as alma pound cake i am also a body image coach Uh, i've been doing this work for a few years now um, I initially started, uh, I would say, I didn't call myself a body image coach, but doing body image coaching, talking to young people about, young Black people about confidence um, and uh, self-identity um, through after-school programs, created some curriculum during that time. Um, I've been working in social justice for 10 years. Uh, I've been doing digital strategy around issue-based uh, it's social justice issues for uh, a couple years now. I do a lot of things. Uh, it's always hard for me to introduce myself because we will be talking forever. And I don't, I don't mean that to like brag. I just do a lot of things. But 
mostly what I care about is like the way that uh, we see ourselves and treat other people. Um, I think it's really important for us to reimagine beauty. Um, and I think we'll talk a little bit about this, but the way that beauty has been taught to us, um, as far as I'm concerned, it hasn't been to help helpful. And I'm sure someone feels the same way. And that's why uh, we have the body image certification pro- program because we want practitioners to be able to help their clients one heal, but also uh, the ways that we've learned how to help people with their bodies. Like it's all on you and it's really not. Um, there's, there's social issues that impact the way we see our bodies um, as well as uh, as individuals, how we treat ourselves. So it's important. Um, all the things that Summer and I do. Yeah. How did y'all two get connected? <laughs> the greatest story of it all, huh? <laughs> uh, I was on Summer's podcast before, uh-huh. and I uh, don't know how that happened, Summer, to be honest with you. We need to write this down one day. <laughs> but, um, and then um, we started, like, working, we started, like, having like these meetings and they lasted like a whole year Mm -hmm. to kind of like build out the certification program, like what makes sense, what is helpful um, and what is not helpful. What are we seeing in our community and our culture? And uh, we developed something beautiful together. We live in, she lives in Canada and you know, I live in the U S um, but we have been able to create something that I believe uh, that is helping people globally because we, we, we don't just have students in the U.S. or Canada, but uh, we, we've had students from all over the world. Mm. I'm curious, too, with y'all working with students all over the world, do you notice, especially as we think about like how our culture would define beauty and desirability. Like, do you see that differ like in the U S in Canada and, you know, across like another country, like how do y'all see that showing up and maybe specific to conversations that you're having with your students? Yeah. So I, it's really interesting, right? Like I think that Eurocentric beauty standards are very much worldwide but people's worldviews do tend to differ based on their, you know, their country. And so um, I can think of an example off the top of my head um, where uh, we had a, a, and I don't think she would mind because she was featured. We, we did a podcast episode of her with her sharing her experience in our program, but she was, um, she was Persian. So she, her, you know, she grew up in Iran and she was talking about how like, anti-fat bias is just, I mean, it's prevalent everywhere, but so prevalent there that like her voice, she was like a lone wolf, essentially like her speaking out against anti-fat bias, talking about weight discrimination. Um, like she felt like nobody understood her. Whereas I think, you know, you come over to North America, it's still very niche, but there is like, there's a fat liberation community. There's people having these conversations. And so I think that dynamics differ um, culturally. Like there's, you know, different structures and systems that have more of a hold in different regions. But I mean, I think overall, like, you know, white supremacy is sort of a, a global 
thing. And that ties into um, anti-fat bias is, is a function of that. So I think that it's kind of like the same, but you're going to see it show up a little bit differently depending on the nature of, of the culture and where that person's from. Danny, would you say that's accurate? Yeah, and I would say uh, some political analysts or historians have said that like one of the main reasons why we see in North America like there are different pockets of like social movements is because like one of the greatest social movements of, of all time was the civil rights movement which sparks a lot of uh, the civil rights movement in the U.S. like sparks a lot of people being able to speak up and like self-identify um, and I think at least on this side of the globe, I think we self-identify a lot. Like identity politics means a lot more to us. Yeah, that makes total sense. So I know I mentioned when I was walking out to the show that we were going to talk some about just the influence that the way our culture really defines beauty, defines desirability, impacts body image. Um, I also know that's you know a topic we could talk about for hours on end. Um, but yeah, I'm curious just even like with that thought in and of itself, like I would love to hear kind of y'all's thought on that of like how you see, you know, beauty standards impacting a person's body image. Danny, I'll let you run with that Um, one first. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I think about all different types of people where they are like if you're older the fear of aging is there like there's so many anti-aging creams like I haven't even begun to like look into that not just because like of being young but I will be honest like that's the internet conversation I grew up around older women um, and we never really talked about talked about aging. Summer and I talk about this a lot, about like the difference between the conversations of like aging in communities and colors and aging in white community and like what are the different fears. Um, and, and then like there's all these other versions of beauty. Like I call it the, the, the Kim Kardashian era. era. Mm-hmm. If you grew up in, in, you know, in the Kim Kardashian era, like you were told like you weren't told, but like you were informed that bodies must be altered. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite content creators, um, Kimberly Nicole Foster, she talks a lot about beauty. And she said something one day and she said, the Kardashians will never stop altering their, their bodies. And um, I'm saying all this to say, like, because they are also big major influencers, young people, when I say young people, I mean like under the age of 40, like, they are really directly impacted by these images. And um, my my niece, I was on the phone with her this morning as she was going to elementary school. And she's eight years old. And she said to me, Danielle, everybody is saying that they want a BBL when they grow up. Hmm. And she's eight years old. And she's talking about Brazilian butt lists. Like, she knows what that is. She says her friends have aspirations. She's in second grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we all have a responsibility in our lands, but I think we all have a responsibility to really talk about beauty 
Um, it's not being as important as we make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also that bodies are just different and they don't need to be the same. And beauty has nothing to do with value. And I think that's a start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll just add to that. Like the, just the last statement you made there, like about beauty is not in our value. And I think that's like the key to it is that Uh, We have been conditioned to believe, especially if you identify as a woman, that you've been conditioned to believe that your value is in your desirability. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you are rewarded for it. There's social currency attached to desirability, whether that be like, you know, status, um, relationships, like different opportunities. So we can't deny that that doesn't exist. But if we are internalizing that, then we are forever going to associate our sense of self-worth with how we look and how others perceive us. And if beauty standards are ever changing because of the way that like Kardashians keep altering themselves and changing those standards, and if it's not them, it'll be somebody else, Mm -hmm. then we are never going to feel good enough. We are always going to feel inadequate. We are always going to feel like we're not measuring up. And so it's a direct tie to our our body image because the way that we look at danny and i look at body image is really about it's a function of like how our appearance dictates our sense of of self-worth and so it's not about like going out and finding yourself desirable i mean that's great if you do it's great if you like your body but it's really about unhooking from these you know eurocentric beauty standards and unhooking your sense of self-worth from this notion that like you have to be desirable because like what does that even you know like what does it even mean and that's going to be different culturally too um and so yeah i just wanted to add to everything amazing that danny talked about Mm -hmm. yeah and i think that's such important work like making that disassociation between like okay my body has to look this certain way fit this certain mold so then i can be desired, be successful, be all these things. And it is hard, like both y'all mentioned, when it's like we live in a culture that that's like so against the grain. It's like, no, you need to meet all these norms. And there's a video that I've seen. I can't remember if it was like if Dove put it out or who put it out, but it it's talking about over like the decades. I think maybe it starts back in like 1920s, 1930s, something like that of just how beauty standards have changed over the years. And I think that can be wild to think about too, of like, I mean, you mentioned the Kardashians. It's like, even these like standards that people try and chase after, by the time someone may even like reach these standards, then the standards change. And, you know, watching certain video, like watching the video I'm thinking of, like, the body type changes drastically where then it's like, okay, now we're looking at bodies like they're fashion trends and that's not, you know, what we want to do. Um, but it, it's hard when it's just like all that someone is surrounded by culturally. One of the major, you know, thing like we are living in the online culture, like that's part of our everyday lives. Um, I picked up my phone first thing this, this morning um, and so because of that, you got to stay ahead. Mm-hmm. And so people are going to constantly use their bodies as a way to stay ahead. And it, I mean, I have a lot of empathy for young people specifically, but for all of us, but for women, you know, 
you know, some folks say we need to stop leaving boys out of this conversation because um, they're also being impacted by this, you know, expectation of body image. I said some of these things all the time where people um, are, where men are saying, I no longer want to be five seven. They're going to do that leg re- um, leg surgery. I forget what it's called, but to turn themselves into six three because uh, they must understand that their their people are rewarded. But when I talk about the rewards of beauty, I think they are real, but I don't think they're sustainable. And I was listening to a Gen Z TikToker um, maybe the other night. I think her name, I don't want to say the wrong name. And um, she was talking about desirable and not feeling like she's desirable and how guys are looking for girls who look like Instagram models and all the things and she's not pretty enough. And then I just want to say like, you know, because a lot of this is about being desirable for romantic partnership. But beauty does not absolve you of harm from men. And like, we have to talk about that being the truth. Like, just because you get married doesn't mean that there isn't emotional or, or physical abuse happening there. Or uh, that, you know, uh, I, I hear people say sometimes beauty can take you to a place, but it cannot keep you there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't want young people to feel defeated because they aren't the beauty standard i want young people um to feel empowered and i want i want us you know um like what we're doing to keep speaking up about it but go ahead summer hopefully i didn't take you off track (laughs) oh i don't even remember but i think it was just along the lines of like you know this fact that they are ever-changing like if we are questing to be this notion of desirable like you're never going to feel good enough you know it's it's just you're going to be on this cycle where you never feel good enough. And so the work really has to come by knowing you're good enough and reinforcing that you're good enough, regardless of, regardless of your appearance and really connecting with this, like all the facets of who we are, because we are these like magical human beings. I mean, if you think about going to somebody's funeral, nobody's talking about like their body at their funeral. (laughs) They're yeah. talking about who they were and, and like the gifts that they brought to this world. And we don't, you know, we are ignoring these like incredible aspects of that make us human beings in favor of compartmentalizing ourselves into like these body parts and, and trying to fit this like ever changing standard that just steals our time and energy and money. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is like helping people almost like reconnect with their values, figure out what their values are, because I feel like with these beauty standards, it makes it us feel like, okay, well, my value is, you know, being seen as attractive or being desired or being beautiful or all of that. But then when we really dig into like, no, what do you like really value? And I think even the topic of like a funeral can be like, shocking but also like a helpful thing of like okay when people are at your funeral they're not going to be saying like oh this is what she weighed this is what she looked like um we've had a lot of conversations with clients who are engaged and getting married even just around that of like there's such a culture around like you know wedding diet looking a certain way on your wedding day and really digging into like okay but when you you know reflect back 20 years from now on your wedding like what do you want to remember like do you really want it to be focused on like 
oh, I'm so glad I fit into that specific size dress or that my arms looked like that. Or like, do you want it to be more on like the memories and the people who were there and the experience? Um, but again, going back to like just the online world and the pressure, like it's, it's so easy to fall into those, like just like spirals of thinking like, well, my day, my wedding day is only going to be complete if I look this certain way, or like, I'm only going to get this job if I look this way, like to just kind of stay stuck in those thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. So with all of this, like, what are some, even just like tangible things for people listening who are like, yeah, like I agree. I like don't want to be chasing after these beauty standards, but also like, how do I not chase after Like, how do I do that? Um, and again, I feel like that's something where it's like, well, there's a lot that, you know, could happen there. Um, but yeah, what are, what are some like just tangible, quick, like, tips that y'all would give people yeah you go you go first i would say as summer was talking about um you like making peace in in a way um with that you're you're not the beauty standard. i think it's also creating environments uh that really make you feel okay like i think people don't like the idea of being regular mm-hmm. but regular is okay like there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong it's regular it's not it's not a negative. Yeah. Um, and um, so I think like following regular people on social media, even if they are influencers, are okay. So what do I mean by that? Regular people have saggy skin. Regular people have acne, like me. Um, regular, you know, regular people are not always dogged up. Um, you know, like regular people, I don't know, like, you know, it's, I do know um, we don't all look like uh, figurines or perfect models. Um, Even the people that you think, I've met a lot of famous people in life. Like I can tell you, they don't look like the airbrush Photoshop. So I would say tailoring your social media to that. Um, You follow regular people. I would say also, uh, and also building a community that makes you feel safe and well and okay with your features um like you don't have to feel like you're the most beautiful thing in the world but i do think uh, you have to get to a place where you stop beating yourself up i'm always going to talk about Mm self-care i believe that self-care saved my life um and so creating self-care practices um that make you feel empowered and and not disempowered and then i would say the last the last thing is to follow Summer and I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, because um, I think that we both uh, bring something fresh and unique in our own ways to social media that is what I would say helping us reimagine beauty and body image. Yeah, and I'll just add a couple um, things to those are like really good foundational points and um, just to sort of like, you know, go off of that. I think, at, you know, l- really looking at like anything in your life that's making you feel bad about yourself. Like if every time you open your closet, you see clothes that 
used to fit you that don't fit you anymore and they make you feel bad, like really thinking about like, how can I change my environment so that it's not feeding into this belief system that like thinner is better or that I need to alter my body. Um, and so that can be like, you know, whether it's, if you're still stepping on the scale or using a Fitbit, like to that, that tells you whether or not you're, you're good enough. Like you want to really unhook from all of these external sources. Um, and I would just encourage people to question like, what is desirable? Like what, when would it be enough for me? You know, because I think when we really break it down and we think about like what would be required of us, like it's just so unrealistic. And so thinking about like, what qualities do I offer this world? Like what does, you know, like what do my friends value me for? And starting to connect with those things and being really intentional about it because most of us aren't giving ourselves validation. And if we don't give that to ourselves, no one else is going to give it to us. And if they do give it to us, it does not going to do anything to change your internal belief system. Like it really has to come from within us. Um, I'm a huge fan of, of self-compassion. That's a huge piece of the, the work that we do when we're, we're teaching practitioners and we're working with clients. And um, I mean, that's like a whole other discussion, but just thinking about the way that you speak to yourself and the way that you treat yourself and doing things that are supporting this belief that like, I am good enough as I am and thinking about how you can align yourself to that, whether that's through the different ways that you talk to yourself or the actions that you take. Mm. Yes. Gosh, all those are so good. Um, well, thank you to both y'all for taking time for this conversation. Um, I know Danny mentioned for people to follow y'all. So where can people find um, y'all on social media? And then if there are practitioners listening who want to learn more about the um, body image program, y'all have to. So you can find me, I'm at summer in and in on all social media platforms, but you can go to my website. I'm thebodyimagecoach.com. If you just go there, you'll find all my stuff. I host a podcast called Eat the Rules, where we talk about all things body image as well. And for our body image coach certification program, you just go to bodyimagecoachcertification.com and that will take you there. And we are actually um, revamping it in 2024. We're going to have um, like a, a kind of two different variations of it for people who want to um, take like more of a self-study approach versus people who actually want to get, go through like a, a more rigorous certification process with us. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah, I will. And Danny, where can people find you on social media? And I'll have all these links in the show notes too, but. Um, I'm a poundcake.com is a M a poundcake.com. You can also follow me on all social media platforms at I'm a poundcake. And then as, as Summer mentioned, you can also um, check out the body image coaching certification by going to body image coach certification.com. Amazing. Yeah. And like I said, I'll make sure all of that is linked in the show notes. Um, well, thank you both so much for taking time for this conversation. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining today's episode on the free method podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star review that helps others discover this message of freedom. Share this with your friends and make sure you tag us on Instagram at free method nutrition. And if you're ready to start your own journey to freedom, I'd love to offer you a free call to chat with me about your health goals. Head to freemethodnutrition.com slash free call to schedule yours. We will see you in the next episode.